people think I'm damaged goods. I'm worried about losing my job. Will I ever get a transplant? I want to see my children graduate from college. How can I afford this? I don't want to be a burden. I'm afraid. I'm overwhelmed with information. Sometimes I wonder if I'll ever fall in love and get married. I just want to play with my friends. You're listening to Kidney Talk, streaming health, happiness, and hope to the renal community with your hosts, Lori Hartwell and Stephen First. Hey, it's Kidney Talk again, and we're talking to one of my favorite authors, Glow and Jeff Moore. Wow, you, you must, they must charge you a lot to like monogram towels and stuff, right? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> That's a, how did you get so many names? Um, actually, I'm named after um, you know, my grandmother, but they called her Medea. Medea. So I took the ring of that name, really. You took <laughs> and, the ring and of that it's name. Just uh, you know, I guess that people down south have to have a middle name, so Glorianne or Glory Jean, but it came Glorianne. <laughs> And where'd the Jeff come from? Okay, I was married. I, I mean, I'm, I'm married now. I was married. Um, my well, t- don't name, tell your husband that. My maiden name is Jeff. Your maiden name is Jeff. So uh-huh. Gloria Ann Jeff, and then you married a guy named Moore. Stephen Moore. Stephen Moore, not not the. Oh, okay, Stephen Moore. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. I got that straight. We can go on with the book. I love your books. Oh, thank you very much. They are so good. Thank you. You know, they're so informative and, and, and everything. And uh, what made you decide to write these books? Well, actually, um, I would say about um, maybe five years ago, I had started um, at the unit talking to people, and they were interested in... I, I think they got interested because I had been on dialysis so long, and they said I didn't look like I was on dialysis. How, how does one look like they're on dialysis? That's they, what I wanted to know too. I said, "What do you have to like look like? Your your weather beaten or something?" <laughs> you know? Well, or you could pass out every so often. Well, how long have you been on dialysis, Gloria? Uh, this will be my twenty first year. Twenty wow. first year. Now, did you ever think about a transplant, or is it not possible, or what? What happened? Well, there's a lot of controversy with that. I did receive the blessing of a transplant in '93. It was from a non living donor. And uh, things kind of started really bad because I had a rejection in the first week, uh-huh. and it was a uh, was a minor rejection. And mm-hmm. then I got another one, and in, uh, in the next three weeks was a moderate. But right. after the moderate one, I guess they got me settled, and so I could be discharged. And I was going along for a few months, you know, with the you know with the protocol of the medication and the little side effects and all that. And in the fourth month, that's when I really started having major problems. And it was, I guess it was evident that they had to take the kidney out. Well, that's a bummer. Is the, is that the only transplant you've had? Yes, the only one I've had. And because, you know, not just because I couldn't have another one, is that they told me something, and I don't know if anybody else has even experienced this. They told me that my immune system 
was much much too strong for the steroids. Oh well, you know, actually, what happens is you have a high antibody count, uh-huh. and um, so whenever you have blood transfusions or you've had been exposed to a kidney, you get a higher antibody level. Uh-huh. Uh, just to let you know, um, I had a hundred percent antibodies, and I just got my fourth transplant uh, wow. a little over a year ago, and I've never been. Um, my labs are absolutely perfect. So if you'd like to learn more about that, please email me and I can um, send you some links to learn more about that. Okay. So there's a lot of hope. I had uh, two transplants that didn't work. My third one lasted 20 years and my fourth one's a little over a year. Mm-hmm. So well, it's, they did say my antibodies are at 98% since uh, 2006. Yeah, well, that's uh, they can take care of those now. Oh, wow. So uh, there's always hope. But So your cause of kidney failure is polycystic kidney disease? Yes. Okay, now did any of your other family members have uh, need dialysis or receive a transplant? Oh, it's so strong in our family. Uh, just about everybody is either, you know, in a st- in a stage, in final stages, and ready to go to, um, you know, dialysis or if they could receive a transplant. But um, I have two siblings, and one uh, sibling just received a transplant last year in November, so she's doing very well. And uh, then I have another sister that started dialysis in 20, uh, yeah, 09. Do you get a group discount or something? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's that's awful. Was it basically from the polycystic kidney disease or yeah, did they have they any? Were, to me, I said they were more luckier than I was because um, they didn't start dialysis until they like, got in their late 40s, early 50s. And when did you, how old were you when you started? 33. Wow. Well, you know, what was interesting is you started dialysis at an early age. Uh, tell us a little bit about how they basically didn't diagnose you correctly. Well, you know, it, this is really funny. I was actually diagnosed with polycystic kidney disease during, during childbirth. Because, you know, they had, I don't know why they couldn't find it earlier. Because, you know, I, I did go test, get tested. After, you know, finding that my father had it and he, he, you know, passed away from it. And I wasn't having any kind of discomfort or pain or anything. So I just kind of ignored it for a few years. And then I noticed that my blood pressure was getting extremely high. And so that's when the, um, the I, I guess it's just the medical doctor that referred me to a nephrologist. And then they started doing more testing and then it really found out that I had polycystic kidney disease. So it just took a while that they didn't pick that up right away. And then how much longer did it take before you needed dialysis? Well, you know, I wasn't even diagnosed with this chronic kidney disease. They just automatically said I had end-stage renal disease. So it was evident that I would be on dialysis within a few months. Okay. So you were, it was a fast progression. Yes. Well, when I was looking through your book, you like to use some humor. Um, can you tell us any uh, funny experiences that happen at the dialysis unit? Um, you know, this is weird. Um, I, I guess, you know, you've been on dialysis, so you kind of know that, you know, they have these crazy symptoms sometimes, you know, with the cramping. Mm-hmm. Oh, and my gosh. I, um, I, I was, you know, that. I'm so, I guess I'm, I'm just so obsessed watching Ellen DeGeneres show. And I, I went in at about uh, maybe half an hour before her show was supposed to come on. But as soon as I got on the machine, you know, I was into the show and everything and, and singing the music and everything. And it got to, you know, a point where the, I could feel that cramp coming on. And I screamed murder as I was singing her song. You know? 
Did you actually use the word murder? <laughs> I said, have a little fun. Ah! You know what? <laughs> and everybody came running over there. And she said, what's wrong? I said, I got a cramp. And so at the time when I had the cramp, you know, I really should have been in a lot of discomfort and stuff. I was trying to look over the nurse that was trying to get that cramp out of my leg, trying to still look at Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, you, I was like, you really like Ellen. Yes, I do. You you should write her and tell her that because she put you on the show or something. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Now, there was a part in uh, there where people misjudged you when you were first diagnosed. They mistook you for like a drug addict or something? Yeah. You know, I had um, finished my treatment and they already told me that my pressure was a little low. So they gave me some broth before I went, uh, you know, out after the treatment. But I had to pay my PG&E bill or I get turned off. So I went over there and I think it was really a bad mistake for me to do that because as I was standing in line, it was a long one line too. Um, I started feeling faint. So now I remember at the unit that they kind of put you all the way back in your recliner when your pressure, not your pressure, when you, yeah, when your pressure drops low. Right. And I just went and sat on the side of the, um, like the wall, you know, Jason to everybody that was standing, and I just sat in the Indian sit and, and kind of leaned back because my pressure had started dropping again, and I started feeling faint. And there was two other ladies in line, and they, I guess they were talking, and they noticed that I had big scars all over my arms. But I could hear them talking, but I couldn't respond to them because I wasn't feeling very well. But one one said to the other, "Oh Lord, you know she's nothing but a drug addict. Look at her arm full of tracks." <laughs> Wow. <laughs> yeah, tracks from uh, big 16-gauge needles from dialysis, Yeah, you know, right? so I knew people were uned- uneducated about dialysis and renal disease and all that because, you know, you just assume somebody's, you know, have drug addict problems because they got all these scars on their arms. Right. You know, it's funny. I was um, directing a film one time, and uh, we were inside of a shopping mall, which had really high security. And it was in another country, actually. And they came up to the uh, producers and they said, you know, you guys are going to have to leave because you have an intoxicated member on your set. And, I, and they said, who? They said, the guy in the red hat. And they said, that's our director. It was me. <laughs> you know, and of course, I don't drink at all. But, you know, I was stumbling around and I had low blood pressure, too. Mm-hmm. And, and I've I've laid down in in booths at restaurants because it was hanging my head off the side. Yeah, wow. trying to yeah. make yourself feel better. It's a horrible feeling when your blood pressure's. You know that feeling, and it, it, you need to. You need to lay down flat and get something to drink that's salty. Get a little mm-hmm. salt in your body, and um, because yeah, it can you can crack your head open. The first time when I felt that, I felt like I was losing touch with reality. You know, like I was basically on a Oh, I do that once a week anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, Gloria, you talk a little bit about the renal-friendly kitchen. And I know Stephen's a big cook. He likes food. So tell us some of the ways that you made your kitchen renal-friendly. Well, you know, one thing I did, I started looking around for renal books, you know, back in the early 90s. And um, I really couldn't find any. And so I just started going to actual healthcare books and stuff and people that have written books, you know, about their health and the diets and stuff. And I just tried to incorporate it into being like a kind of accommodating my renal diet. So I found that uh, wine vinegars 
you know, were pretty healthy for people on renal diets. So I, I started incorporating that morsel into my meals. And then I started finding out that ginger is a good thing. So herbs, for, for one thing, I wasn't too familiar with because I was kind of cooking like I did cook down south. Now, now, ginger, what, how is that? Because, you know, I use a lot of ginger, a lot of fresh ginger. Yeah. Well, it doesn't have to flavor your food so very well. And but, but, I mean, how does that help your kidneys? Well, not saying my kidneys. I have other um, health issues because of my prolonged dialysis. You know, I have congestive heart failure. Mm-hmm. I found out from my husband, because my husband had congestive heart failure in 2004, and I was sitting up there talking to the doctor about his condition, and he was saying that um, maybe you should cook uh, gin- with ginger a little more because it would help him with his heart failure. And I have congested heart failure from leaking heart valves. And I get, basically, we're doing much better with our hearts because of the ginger that I started cooking with. Well, you know, my aunt swears by having cinnamon every day. Well, cinnamon is for diabetics. Oh, is that what it is? Yeah. It's just, you know, she has cinnamon every day in her oatmeal. She makes sure that she puts adequate amount of it. But is she a diabetic? No. Oh, well, it's not going to help her then. Well, maybe it'll help her prevent being it's a It's like uh, putting a lemon wedge behind each ear. What is, what, I don't understand. <laughs> but uh, you're a diabetic, aren't you? Glo? No, I'm not. You're not. Well, forget the cinnamon, though. <laughs> I know there's some interesting ways, but it, it takes a lot of work. I When I was on dialysis, don't ask me why, but I love that um, Mrs. Dash lemon pepper seasoning. Oh, yes, yes. Yes. Mrs. Dash has so many wonderful seasonings, I too. Love it. Uh, they have like 14 different flavors. You don't even have to have an herb garden. Herbs are always good. but um, Yeah, but you know, I, that's what I found, like, in the early part of my dialysis. Uh, another fellow patient told me about Mrs. Dash, and I've been using it ever since. You know, she's a little, I, you know, Mrs. Dash, for me, she's a little promiscuous, so I stay away from her. <laughs> I like table blend basically, you know, when I, you know, when I uh, kind of marinate my meat. I don't use too much of the, the, like the stronger herbs and the rosemary and all that. Now, one of the things that's difficult for patients is to eat enough protein. So do you have any tips yes, on yes. how oh, to? No, no. Uh, uh, I am, I don't know, since I've been on PD for the last 11 years, I've been challenged with this protein off and on. I can't keep it past 4.0. And right now it's at 3.7, and I'm really trying hard to get it because, you know, they say it's better for people on PD to be over 4.0. It's better for all patients to be over 4.0 because it helps you fight infection. Oh, yeah. But I don't know why, you know, I don't know if it's different in everybody's unit, but I I, I just kind of listen to my PD nurse. <laughs> well, you know, one of the things that I did was um, there's some, uh, you know, I'd mix up a shake and put some protein supplements uh-huh. in it. Um, there's some high protein bar. There's a bar that's like 20 or 30 grams of protein and it's like 270 milligrams of phosphorus, which is like equivalent to a meal. Uh-huh. And I, I would, you know, eat those every once in a while to try to keep my albumin level up. I do. You know, I, um, I'm, I don't know if you know about the Snicker one. I've been eating the Snicker one off and on. A Snicker protein bar? Uh-huh. <laughs> really? So re- really? You ever heard the resource, um... It's by Boost. It's a, like a, a juice drink, but you have to get it from you know like from those uh, distributors that uh, sell it. And it's called Snickers. I like anything with Snickers. <laughs> no, it's, she's talking know, about it's the got juice. The logo of the Snicker and everything on it. Really? Oh, wow. Uh-huh. Does it come in Reese's pieces? No, I don't think 
Almond uh, Joy. I like Almond Joy. It'll be joy. great if it did because I do like Reese's. <laughs> yeah. Um, now, what you know? What made you write this book? Did you sit down and say because you couldn't find any books? No, Is actually, that... I was encouraged to do it. Um, you know, I was talking so much to the patients that there was a nurse that kept she say, "You, you know, I've been with you for a long time. I don't know why you haven't wrote a book yet because I know you have a lot of experience and, and you know and knowledge to share with others." And you know, I just kept thinking about it and thinking about it, and I didn't really know how to even go about writing a book or. Who am I supposed to work with? And you know, there's so many, so many outlets out there, and you don't know who's actually legit or who's going to really, you know, help you to do a good book. Yeah. And so I had to do a research with that. That took about a year because I wasn't even sure about even just picking any publishing company. Now, now, which one did you write first? Uh, the first one I wrote was um, the twenty My Reno Life. I know it. I live it. It was kind of my first you know, inkling of how to write the book. And how'd you get a publisher? Oh, I, um, actually, this is funny. I worked at, uh, at the, uh, Cal State University in Dominguez and a professor, you know, she's written all kind of books and stuff. I just got in contact with her and asked her who was a publisher. So she gave me the information. I felt more comfortable with somebody that had always had worked with them. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got, you know, with a publishing company. Oh, fantastic. Now, now I do have a question. There's, who took this picture of you? Oh, actually, my daughter. That's a good picture. Thank you. It is. I do have one question, though. Why are you wearing two watches? Not really two watches. It looks like... You know you one of a... those big bangled uh, bracelets? Oh, is that what that is? Uh-huh. Oh, I, I see a watch, and it seems like a bigger watch or no, something. No, it's, it's actually a um, <laughs> kind of looks like a um, ceramic-like <laughs> But uh, I guess maybe the picture just kind of blurred it or something. Right. And, and, How observant of you, Stephen. And, and the playground, do you do you often visit the playground? Yeah, I go out there to read sometime, and sometimes I take my laptop out there, you know, because I'm working on a novel right now. Oh, wow. A novel about a kidney patient? Yes. Oh, really? Now, it's interesting that you have the name of Renal Diva. Now, did somebody give you that at the unit, or did you did you proclaim it your name? Yeah, are you difficult? You know what's so funny? Are you a diva? It's actually a family member. They say, God, you've been on Dallas for so long, you ain't nothing but a diva. Oh, and well. that's where I came up with it. Really? <laughs> well, there's a group on Facebook called Dialysis Divas. Maybe you should join that. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe they, they got more stories to share, huh? Yeah, no, we all have our stories. So uh, so how do people uh, get a hold of this book? Oh, actually, um, I'm on, it's on exhibitus.com. It's X-L-I-B-R-I-S. That's my publishing company. But you can get it at Barnes & Noble's. You know, um, and what there's, about all, there's, Amazon. there's a great deal of outlets through Google. And what about Amazon? Amazon also. And is it available on like the Kindle or whatever? Oh, uh, yeah, the e-book. No- e-books, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, great. Well, that's wonderful. Well, you know, this has been great. And I think that um, keep up the good work of sharing your story of how to live a joyful life in spite of kidney disease. And, you know, you really should consider thinking about uh, transplantation because I know it would be an option for you based on your antibodies. Okay. And Gloria, we got we to gotta give me some of that uh, okra creole. Oh, wow. <laughs> you know? You know, maybe three times a year, too. <laughs> I, I love the ingredients, the sausage and the chicken and, the, you know, the shrimp. Now, you know, when I eat that, I get more protein. <laughs> right, yeah. And maybe I should start making it, what, six months, you know, what, for six months out of a year? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you could put tofu in it, but I think that kind of ruins it, you know? Yeah. 
oh, you know what? I can still put some in there, you know, maybe because it'll, it'll help me a little more with my protein. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Tofu is great. Definitely. Well, thank you so much, Gloria, and uh, continued success. Thank you, and it's been a pleasure. Thank you. We'll call you Super Glow. Oh, thank you. <laughs> All righty. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. We can control our own destiny. We can take charge of our health and ask questions about our medical options. We can form partnerships with our health care team. We can take steps towards self-improvement. We can be sensitive to the impact of our disease on our family. We can sing, dance, laugh, and enjoy our lives. We can appreciate today and look forward to tomorrow. We can help and support our fellow patients. We can pursue our hopes and dreams. We can make a difference. 